Welcome to Match of the Year Podcast. I'm Chris Garcia, your host. And today we're looking at a match that I was there for in, I believe it was beautiful, Hartford, Connecticut. And that was Diesel versus Shawn Michaels in 1995 at WrestleMania. Now, this wasn't the main event, though it was the main event. This is for the world title that, at that point, was held by Diesel. But the main event that year was Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow in a surprisingly good match. The two could actually went together and worked really well. But Shawn versus Diesel was a very good match. It wasn't their best match. I'll talk about that in a second. But it was a remarkable one-man performance by Sean. And maybe that's not giving Diesel enough credit. Kevin Nash... Kevin Nash could never really go. But at the same time, Shawn Michaels was so far ahead of anyone else in the main event, you were seeing the emergence of a new type of wrestling moving up the card. And there were a number of things to you could look at about that. Dean Malenko versus... Eddie Guerrero, over the ECW TV title. Very few people realize, I think, today, how significant that was in the history of wrestling. It really did take a whole new stance as to what two people in the ring could do in the U.S. and be taken seriously. Because, yeah, you had, in, you had ECW where they were having these brawls, but they were also having some of the best technical wrestling from guys like Guerrero, Malenko, Benoit was there, Chris Jericho hadn't debuted yet, but would shortly. And you had all this great work happening, but never in the main event of a big company. And Shawn Michaels wasn't Ric Flair. He also wasn't Rey Mysterio. He was able to blend a more significantly flying style with a main event WWF at that point ethic. And in particular, he was an excellent storyteller. And here they tell a great story. It's slightly more than a big man, small man match. And in particular, Sean was just putting everything out there. And yeah, Nash, then Diesel was kind of posting for him. He was just, you know, he was there to take Sean's athleticism and turn it into match storyline. And this is something I don't think Nash does get enough credit for. He did as little as possible to get across a good story. And it worked here more than any other match I can think of. He's actually not a bad actor either. In the ring or actually in Magic Mike, he's actually kind of cool. But this match was not their best. And their best match, I would say, would be the one from In Your House 7, Good Friends, Better Enemies, which was a wild brawl which featured them using uh, one of the, the Sean brothers' legs as a weapon. And it's a great match. It's a brilliant brawl. And what happened between the two, between WrestleMania 1995 and just after WrestleMania 1996, was... Nash realized that he could do more and not necessarily overexert himself. And that is, again, totally unfair. But 
he started to he could never he didn't have the physical tools to be a great worker but he did know how to tell a story how to engage an audience and with all the bells and whistles of that match all the brawling that they did it made it quite easy for him to actually contribute more to the match itself and what he did in that one was he not only posted up himself to allow Sean to do his things, but much like Razor Ramon in the two latter matches, he contributed significant moments. And he actually sold really well. I think that's his best match as a s- selling, really. And he got across emotion, and he's really good at that. Now, both these guys' careers dramatically changed with 1996. Sean got the belt in a match we'll be talking about a little later, the 60-minute Iron Man match with Bret Hart in 1996. He went on to be arguably the best in-ring wrestler for 1996-97, even part of 98, when he went down with the injury that would end his career for several years until he came back to work for the WWE at an amazing time. When he came in 2002, came back in 2002, he changed everything, in a way. But also, the entire wrestling world had caught up by that point. He was no longer the bleeding edge of main event. He was working a style that others had not only imitated, but had mixed in. And it's because of Sean that you got guys like Guerrero and Benoit getting up into the main event. Now, Diesel, of course, left very shortly after this, went to WCW, changed everything. And because he knew how to tell a story, physically, I really believe that he was what made the NWO into a legitimate heat magnet. And I'll always remember the the moment of the war between WWF and WCW for me was they got onto Nitro one night and Rey Mysterio does a flying body press off of, I want to say it was off of the top of the production truck and Nash catches him and then throws him like a lawn dart headfirst into the production truck's side. Phenomenal. Ray sold it perfectly, but even better, Nash looked like he just wanted to break him in half. And yeah, Kevin Nash will never be a great worker, and when he's tried to do more, he has gotten hurt. He's aged very, very poorly. He still looks good, and really, that's a lot of what he traded on. But he was never a great worker. He might have had, like, five or six really solid matches. And I would put the Sean, uh, match with Sean at Good Friends, Better Enemies, probably at about four and a half, maybe even bordering on four and three quarters-ish. Because it was an amazing story. This was a good story. And as a WrestleMania main event, it wasn't bad. It won the PWI match of the year, which I guess makes sense. But once these guys both hit their stride in 1997. 96 and 97, really. 
the business started to change. And the amount of money that was being generated just exploded for WCW. And WWF had some lean times. But this match, before all of that really happened, showed, I think, that Sean was the future. We all kind of knew it. But this was a match that proved he was a main eventer waiting to happen. And luckily it did. 